From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Division 1 councillor Sheila Ireland on why she wants the mayor's job, comparing council before and after administration, her shock win returning to council in 2020, the effectiveness of councillors and what she plans to bring to council if successful as mayor. It's Monday, January 22, 2024. And I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Sheila Ryland was first elected to Ipswich City Council in 2004 and was subsequently re-elected every four years until all councillors were dismissed by the state government in 2018. To the surprise of many, Sheila nominated and then secured one of two councillor positions for the new Division 1 in 2020. Now in 2024, she's having a shot at running for mayor. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Sheila Ryland. Hello, Ellen. How are you? Before we get to the shock announcement you made before Christmas about running for mayor, let's go back to 2020. There were eight candidates for that Division 1. Did you give yourself a chance of winning, let alone get the top number of votes? Uh, No, I didn't because I ran simply because the Triple C had said that if any of the dismissed councillors ran and they had anything on us, they would come to get us. And I wanted to clear my name that they had nothing on me. Since then, you have a unique perspective, along with Paul Tully, about how council functions pre- and post-administration. How would you compare the two? I think that the previous council was um, more collegial. I think that we all got, well, we got on. We didn't always agree, but we certainly all got on and um, we could work together. So if someone was having an issue, you could always go to somebody else to discuss it if you'd heard that they may have had the same um, situation. But in this current councillor, it's very um, divisional um, tight tightness um, doesn't seem to be, for me anyway, it doesn't seem to be very much sharing. Has a councillor become less effective, and by that I mean serving the community, under those more recent changes to the Local Government Act? Yes, I I think so. Um, Paul and I were not giving, even though we had all that experience, we weren't given a chair of anything because um, the mayor thought that the residents of Ipswich would be horrified that corrupt councillors had a chair. Um, And I um, was asked over the last four years by many organisations why I'm not going to visit. And I kept saying to them, but you have a chair who should be coming to visit you. So I think that it really um, put some shackles on on some of us um, to, you know, to do the things that we were actually good at um, and also, you know, having said that the mayor said that we were corrupt, I, I don't, none of the people that I spoke to have ever said that to me. Do you think councillors are hamstrung by current state and council bureaucracy? I think that it would be um, better if there, if it wasn't so tightly controlled that every all the information goes straight up to the mayor's office is how I see it. I think it would be 
much better for the officers sometimes if they could speak freely to the councillors. And, you know, in my council, I that's what I want to encourage is that everybody can um, have their say and come up with ideas, take it through their general manager, and that there's probably a lot of talent trapped inside of council, but I don't know how they ever get those ideas up to the top office. So along similar lines, there's a large number of policies which govern councillor conduct. Uh, yes. That includes which officers you can talk to and what kind of requests you can make. Has that become unworkable? For me, it has. Um, I make all of my requests through my councillor liaison offices and uh, there's only the general managers and the managers under that usually that you have permission to just ring up and talk to. Um, and for me, if I want information, I ask my councillor liaison officers if they will um, seek out that information and get back to me. So that's a three-way stretch all the time. I have to go to them, they go to the officers, and then they come. it comes back to them and then to me. I just think that takes up a lot of time. What's your view of the role of the Office of Independent Assessor? Um, I think the new rules might make it a lot easier for everyone to um, operate. I think that um, it has been weaponised in the past. I think people have been lodging complaints for things. I can speak personally about this. I had um, a, an OIA complaint uh, because I had a photo taken with Shane Newman, um, my fellow councillor in Division 1. We'd lobbied uh, for a bridge for money from the federal government to build a bridge out in the country. And um, the federal member rang us up and said, well, the bridge is completed. How, how about coming and having a photo taken? And we thought that was great. So off we trotted and had our photo taken. Um, and we made comments in the paper. Uh, and the next thing I get a, uh, a, an, a request or a, a letter from the uh, complaint from the OIA um, asking me to explain my position. In the end, um, I was acquitted because they said, well, I didn't mention the money. Um, but unfortunately, my counterpart in Division 1 had to um, actually go through to the tribunal because he mentioned the, um, the grant money. And I just think that's ridiculous. Do you think there's a better way then to manage what I would describe as genuine councillor misconduct? I don't quite know how that will happen. Um I would expect that under a council that I would lead that there wouldn't be trivial OIA complaints because we're all working together and we want a good outcome and that if someone was verging on doing something wrong that somebody, probably a department head or a general manager, will just talk to whoever it is or the CEO would just talk to a councillor and... Um, and just um, explain to them that you're stepping out of line or you're going crossing the line a little bit, you better be careful. Sheila Ryland, I'm going to talk more broadly here about interaction between councillors and senior executives of the council. Uh, in past councils, I know there have been uh, uh, extended uh, three or four day conferences where all the department heads and councillors get together to nut out where things are going with council, priority pr projects and, and that sort of thing. In the last four years, has there been a get-together with department heads and councillors? No, there has not. 
Do you think that's causing a big hole in communication? I, I think it, it's not collegial. I think that's how you find it. You know, there's a them and us attitude. And um, I think that sometimes just to get away from the council office, because we're up on the, the councillors are up on the top floor and everyone else is on other floors where you can't get to unless you've got an office, uh, you, your CLO with you to let you on and off the floor. Um, I, I just don't think it feels as though we're all pulling together. Let's talk about more recent events. Mid last year, I was hearing you had enough and you're ready to hitch up the caravan and take it easy. Firstly, is that true? Yes, that's what I was going to do. I told my uh, Division One partner that um, he better look for another partner for the election this year. When and why did you change your mind? Uh, I got to the end of the year and I thought, I, I can't, I was always frustrated. I <laughs> My poor husband come home, put my arms in the air going, oh, this isn't working or whatever. And um, I got to the end of the year and I just thought, I can't just run away and leave. There's some new councillors in there that I think are going to turn out to be absolutely exceptional politicians. Um, I don't like the way that they seem to have been targeted by the OIA and I thought, I can't just walk away and leave them on their own. They need somebody who's going to nurture them and protect them. I, I just think that it can be done so much better. And so I thought, well, I can't turn my back on it. I've put in, um, well, 18 years of, on the job and um, I'm there to help all of the councillors um, have a much stress-free life. It's one throw of the dice for Mayor. You can't run for mayor and a division at the same time. Have I got that right? You are correct. So running for mayor must not have been an easy decision and one that you didn't take lightly. If elected, what will you bring to the table? I've got um, – I have some pretty strong ideas on what to do as we go into the next term. Um you know, I don't know if you realise, but I um, come from the Walker family who started in 1847 um, and I feel as though I've served an apprenticeship uh, under several mayors uh, over the last 18 years and um, I think that there's nobody better placed than a mayor to bring a city together um, to give direction and by sheer personality to drive that direction. So there's things I'd like to do um, when I'm elected I would like to establish a grants writing training team again for our sporting groups and our volunteer groups because without our volunteers and our sporting groups, how do those people get to see how council operates and what we're out there trying to achieve? It gives us an opportunity to show our respect and our gratitude to all those people that are making Ipswich better. And what will be your priorities, apart from that one, uh, in the first 100 days in office? Oh, gee, um, I'd like to um, get back to basics, so, you know, especially with the mowing. At this time of the year, I'm getting a lot of um, requests to get their parks mowed or their footpaths mowed ready for school. So um, I'd I'm going to look at the, um, the, mowing, the seasonal mowing schedule from November to February. Well, it won't do much this year, but for next year to have more mowing contractors on hand over that period. I think that's really important for people that want to see their money at work. I'm going to develop an agri-tourism policy and um, I'd be hoping for 
a reasonably quick okay from planning for farm gate sales and for caravan RV short-term parking because, as you said, I was off on holidays in a caravan if I had a given up as a councillor, so I'm very into, very into caravans. The next one, I'd like to really look at investment and jobs approach to bring in outside investment because we can't grow unless we've got more industry. And um, also with housing, the rents are so high because we don't have an excess of rentals. So I would look at um, incentives for both bringing investment into the city in both um, industrial and um, housing. Can I just pick you up on the housing situation? Is it the worst you've seen it? Because you've lived here all your life. It's the worst that I've seen people living on streets and in parks. I've never, ever seen that before. Um, and it breaks my heart when I see a young mother with little children crawling around outside the tent. Uh, I really, I know that the state can only do so much, but council could do quicker approvals, in my opinion, um, to get some of these um, units, not social housing, but private housing that's out for rental. You're certainly right. Homelessness is much more evident in the city. You'd have to be wearing blindfolds if you didn't see people sleeping rough, including in East Street and Darcy Doyle Place. What other priorities have you got across the city? Mm, the dumps, probably. I'd like, not that council has full control of the dumps, but I know that it's um, causing a lot of issues for my people in Division 1 currently. Um, I would be trying to work with the state government to have greater fines. I think that the fine that was issued wasn't didn't make any difference to the company that had the fire. I think that I would like to see a public health inquiry um, there um, has to be legislation changes for, you know, for these things to happen. And I'd like to collaborate with the state over possible actions that, you know, that everyone, both council and the state can do. Something like, um, I've been thinking about it, I was, it needs legislation changes, but it would be great if all of the composting businesses had to go in vessel within three years you know we, we've been trying to or they've been saying to council for some or some of them have been saying to council for some time that they are going to go in vessel but it never ever eventuates so we need to tie them down that you have to have it within a, a, a certain time and just to clarify again for listeners uh, Sheila Ryland in vessel means a fully enclosed building over the compost that's right, yeah. yes. Being mayor is a seven-day-a-week job. How do you think it'll compare to being a councillor? Oh, I think it'll be um, a lot more enjoyable. I'll be out all the time. I won't have to <laughs> stay at home and think about what I'm doing weekends. But I, I really love community. I really love seeing the people. I'm happy to go around nursing homes and saying hello to people on weekends when I'm not expected to be doing council work or be out with young people. Uh, you know, I've got very young grandsons. Um, I'm happy to be at the sports and go and talk to people. I love people. I was more thinking about when uh, crisis besets the city and the media spotlight falls on Ipswich, for example, floods and the like. Uh, I know from uh, past experience the phones will start at 4am and keep going at midnight. Are you ready for that? 
I certainly am. I can sell my city. If we can move on to a couple of other specifics, Ipswich Central and the council-owned property, I think you voted in favour of most, if not all, council decisions. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you happy with the cinema decision? No, I wasn't happy with the cinema decision because I don't think it brings people into the CBD. Um, And I think that although it is very lovely, uh, I think until the residents of Ipswich embrace it, I don't think we're going to see the foot traffic through through the CBD. For that corner there, the old Macanese building, what would you have liked to have seen there? Oh, going right out on a limb here, but I really would have liked to have seen some housing within the CBD itself. How effective has the current council committee structure been in this term of council? Well, as I said to you, I think that some of the committees are really too big for a first-termer. Um, Councillor Tully and myself were not allowed to have a committee um, to be a committee chair. It, and I would like to see where you could sit in, in the old council, you could stay at your seat and listen in to what's being discussed. You could um, give an opinion, but you couldn't vote on the matter. Whereas now we have to leave the room while a committee's on if you're not on that committee. So you don't really know uh, at committee how things are going. I mean, it's different at the full council meeting, you're all there. But at committees where you could have, you know, something might just pop into your head, you could speak and uh, make your point, but they're not allowed to do that. Economic development is an interesting portfolio this term. It seems to have been asleep at the wheel with very few reports presented compared to previous councils. You mentioned creating jobs in the city. What what other job creation ideas would you bring to council? Well, just the investment, as I said, um, I really like tourism. I think that um, tourism should be bringing uh, a lot of dollars into the city, but our problem is is the um, accommodation, and which is what I'm saying. I need to get out there and look for those investors that will um, see us as being a viable business for them. Should council have more than one ordinary meeting a month? No, I'm, I think that we get through the work. I don't think there's a backlog of work. I'm, I'm happy with it as it is. And finally, growth across the city. We can see it everywhere. How would you go about bringing what I call the four corners of Ipswich together? We're talking the Springfield suburbs, Ripley Valley, rural townships and Ipswich Central, traditional Ipswich. Well... As far as, um, as you know, I'm, I'm one of the councillors from um, Ripley Valleys through Red Bank Plains. Um, I have had Springfield Lakes before. But rather than heavy rail, heavy rail, yes, I've been and I've lobbied with um, Councillor Madsen in Canberra and we've got the second business case. But that's going to be a long way off. I would really like to see council work with um, the transport department to get dedicated busways so that it's safe, it's quick, they make the train timetables. Um, I am really interested in which would, you know, help people t- from the middle of Ipswich, I guess, from Red Bank Plains and, and um, Collingwood Park. If there's dedicated bus lanes, they can get to those main places which without being on roads because our roads just are not handling the number of vehicles that are currently using them. That's the example of physically bringing us together, but I'm talking, uh, you know, a a mindset. Like, for example, the people in Springfield Lakes, I often hear they only are reminded four times a year they're in Ipswich when they get the rates notice 
more participation across the city I'm talking about? Well, if there's um, events down there, I, I quite often get an invitation to come to events down at Springfield Lakes. Um, so I'll certainly be out and about and be visible. Um, I can visit the schools with the, the councillors. I mean, my, I don't see um, my the job of mayor as being heavily involved in every division. That's why you've got your councillors, you've got your chairs. I see the position of mayor as overarching, bringing in that investment, bringing in accommodation. That's how I see my um, my position as a mayor. Sheila Ryland, we'll leave it there. Thanks for the catch-up and thanks for speaking with Ipswich today. My pleasure. Thank you, Ellen. And a disclosure, I worked at Ipswich City Council during part of the period Sheila Ryland has been a councillor. That's it for this episode. Just a reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.